0: well this morning I'm excited Uh, we're going to continue a series that we began last Sunday uh, entitled I will it comes out of the book of Exodus and basically what God is doing is God is speaking to Moses and he's reminding Moses of the covenant that he made with the children of Israel and he is about to declare what we're going to see are seven I will seven promises that God makes to Moses regarding his fulfillment of the promise into the lives of the children of Israel and so let's just kind of read that together this morning. Exodus chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. The Bible says this, God is speaking, And I have also heard the groans of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and here they are, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. And then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Verse 8. And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage, for I am the Lord. How many are you glad He's the Lord today? Amen. I am the Lord. So let me just real quick recap for just a second. Last Sunday, we talked about the fact that we can have confidence, right? We can have confidence in our prayer. Because God will do what he said he would do because God hears the prayers of his people. Amen. God hears the groans and the cries of his people. We talked last week about three expressions of prayer. We talked about how that we pray with our understanding. As we understand the word of God, we can pray the will of God and we can release God's will into the earth. Because again, the purpose of prayer is is not to get God to do your will. The purpose of prayer is to align and agree with God's will in the earth through your life. So we pray with our understanding. And then we talked also last week how that the Holy Spirit prays for us, the Bible says, independent of us with groanings and intercessions that cannot even be expressed with our words. He is interceding for us. And then we talked also last week about how that we can pray in the Spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can pray the will of God, release the mysteries and revelations of God into our lives through praying in the Spirit. And today we're going to kind of take that next step. Today we're going to begin to dive into those seven promises from the Word of God. Those seven I wills. And we're going to look at the first three of them today. Before we do, I want you to look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. This is important. Let me tell you why this is important. Because all the promises of God are fulfilled in Christ. Look what the Bible says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ are amen, which means yes ascends to God for his glory. Let me read that one more time. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. So Christ is not only the fulfillment of the law, but he's also the fulfillment of the promises of God in our lives. So we have access to God's promises because of what Jesus has already done for us. Can I get an amen today? And therefore the Bible says, All the promises of God have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his Glory. Look at that first point on your outline. The key, I want you to see this, was just a little reminder. The key to receiving the promises of God is faith, because faith agrees with God. Right? The key to receiving the promises of God is faith. We talked about last Sunday how that Satan tries to use discouragement and unforgiveness to move us from a place of faith to a place of unbelief where we cannot receive the promise of God, and therefore by faith we don't receive what God has said, therefore we can't do what God has said we can do. Amen? And so we talked about how the enemy uses discouragement and unforgiveness to move us from faith into a place of fear or unbelief to disconnect us from the place where we can receive from God. Hebrews chapter 6 says this. It says without faith, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, excuse me, says that without faith it is impossible to please God. Because they that come to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. How do you believe today that God rewards those who seek Him? Come on. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Your worship and your prayer and your hunger for God does not go unrewarded. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so we understand that everything that we receive from God and everything we experience in the kingdom of God literally only comes one way. It comes by Faith, because without faith, you can't please God. Without faith, you can't receive from God. Without faith, you can't release the things that God has put in you. So faith is the key that releases and empowers us to receive and to do the things God has for us. So look at the last part of that little statement. So our yes to his yes brings glory to God and manifests the promises of God in our lives. So I want to reread that scripture again, 1 Corinthians 1.20. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. Guess what? God has said, yes, I will heal you. Yes, I will deliver you. Yes, I will meet every need. Yes, I will show up, and yes, I will show out. Yes, I will do everything I've promised to do. God's answer to every promise in Christ Jesus is yes and amen. God's already said yes. That's some pretty good news, guys. When you come to God and say, God, will you save me? God says yes. God, will you heal me? God says yes. God, will you deliver me? God says yes. God, will you set me free from this bondage? God says yes. God, will you prosper me? God says yes. God, will you use me? God says yes. God, will you speak through me? God says yes. God, will you minister through me? God says yes. All of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But I want you to see that. God has given a resounding yes, the Bible says, because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. But look what else it says here. Look at the rest of that. And through Christ, through Jesus, are amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. So I want you to see this. It's our yes to God's yes, That does two things I want you to see number one it glorifies God without faith you can't please him without faith you can't glorify him God is not glorified by your defeat God is glorified by your victory amen in this is my father glorified Jesus said that you would bear much fruit it's when your life reproduces the things of God, that the glory of God goes to the Father. When people see Jesus in you, when the power of God flows through you, when there's healing and there's deliverance and there's peace and there's joy and there's restoration and your family and your home and your heart and your job and your community and your nation comes under the restoration power of God, people stand back and give glory to God. And it's our yes, hear me, it is our yes to His yes. That gives Him glory. It is our yes to His yes that manifests the promise of God in our life. Until you say yes to His yes, you won't see the fullness of the promise. Until you say yes to His yes, you'll never see the fullness of the promise of God. And today we're going to look at some things. We're going to look at three of the I wills, three promises that God made that have been fulfilled to us through Jesus Christ. And I want you to see today that it is your yes to His yes that's going to glorify Him and manifest His promise in your life. And without that yes, if we don't agree with God, then guess what? We dishonor God. Think about the fact that when you don't agree with God, think about what unbelief does. Unbelief simply disagrees with God. God says, I'll save you, and unbelief says, no, not you. God says, I'll heal you, and unbelief says, oh, not you. God says, I'll rescue you, or I'll deliver you, or I'll prosper you, and unbelief says, no, not you. Have you noticed, have y'all noticed this? It's easy to believe for somebody else. Right? We, We can all extend our hands, and we can believe for a supernatural miracle for Irvin, but we get a cold, and we struggle to wonder if God can heal us. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that when we're believing for somebody else's miracle, we got all the faith in the world, but when we start believing for our miracle, we struggle with unbelief. And it is that unbelief that robs us of faith. It disagrees with God. So every time you operate in unbelief, every time you push back in fear, you are disagreeing with God and you're calling God, let me be really bold, a liar. God said he would heal you, and you said, oh, no, not me. God said he would deliver, and you said, oh, no, not me. God said he would save you and your household, and you said, oh, no, not me. And what we're going to see today is the key to receiving and the key to releasing every good thing that God has for you and for you to walk in the gifts and the callings of God is that you've got to come to a place of faith where you begin to agree with God, stop calling God a liar, remove yourself from a place of doubt and unbelief, and begin to step in to the agreement of God, to a place of faith that sees what God says as a reality. And that's what has to happen in our lives because faith is the key that unlocks everything in the kingdom of God. So look at that first, I will. Look at that next point. So God says through Jesus, I will bring you out from under the burden. That word burden literally there means a heavy load. From under the burden or the heavy load of the enemy. And I want you to see this. This is a divine invitation from God for us to enter into his rest and be yoked with him. Now, does anybody in this room know what a yoke is? And it's not the center of an egg. That is a yoke, but a little bit different. A yoke is this little piece of equipment that they would use to put two animals together. You've probably seen the oxen, and they got this wooden thing going over each of their necks. And they are yoked together so they can walk together, so they can labor together. I want you to see something today. God has invited us to enter into his rest and to begin to labor with Him the Bible actually says we are laborers together with God and I want you to see this I want you to recognize some things today This is an invitation to enter into his rest to be yoked with him sin is a hard taskmaster It drives us with harsh labor and pain but Jesus frees us from the whip of our oppressor and walks beside us carrying the weight of life on his shoulders Matthew chapter 11, verse 27 through 30. Jesus says this, My Father has entrusted everything to me. And no one truly knows the Son except for the Father. No one truly knows the Father except for the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. How many you glad that Jesus chose to reveal the Father? Amen? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Look at verse 28. And then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens... And I will give you rest. Rest. The word rest there means, it means rest. It means refreshing. It means restoration. It also means recreation. It's the rest for your soul. Let let me just say this to you today. If you are physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted, you're no good for the kingdom. If you are mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausted, you're no good to the kingdom. As a matter of fact, you're probably not a lot of good to your family. See, if you're checking out when you ought to be checking in, how many know that when you get home from work, that's not the time to check out? That's the time to check in. And when you go to work, it's not the time to check out either. That's the time to check in too. Let me give you a clue. When you go to bed, check out. When you go to work, check in. When you come home to your family, check in. When you go to church, check in. When you go to Walmart, check in. When you go to church and to ministry and to small group, check in, check in, check in, check in. But we got so many people, they're exhausted. And let me just say, it's not, I don't believe, now I know some of you guys in this room work really hard physically, but most of us are not physically exhausted. We're mentally and emotionally exhausted. I mean, come on, click, 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 I'm wore out. How many of you know you're not wore out from the physical exertion? You're wore out from the mental and the emotional exertion. Because it'll wipe you out, I'm just telling you. And if you live in a place of continual exhaustion, you're no good to the kingdom. Because when you should be checking in, you're checking out. When you should be rising up, you're laying down. And every day, if every day's a lazy boy day, then something's out of order in your life. Right? I, I think we need some lazy boy days. I, y'all don't want to talk about? I mean, we've had an encounter weekend. I'm gonna go home today and I'm gonna check out lazy boy. Come on, Jesus. I'm just telling you. I'm gonna check out lazy boy. But I'm not gonna check out lazy boy every day, because you know what? I got something to do in the morning, I got something to do in the evening, and I can check out when I go to bed. Not when I go to work and not when I come home to my family and not when I go to church and not when I go to ministry and not when I go to Walmart because guess what? When you're at Walmart, that's probably when you need to be on your best spiritual game. Because there may be somebody in Walmart needs a little Jesus. And if you're not ready, then guess what? If you're checked out, you're going to miss out on the things God's wanting to do. And so Jesus does something. He says, I want to bring you out from under the burden from under the heavy load, under the weight of exhaustion. If you remember last week, we talked about Exodus 4. When God first showed up and sent Moses to the children of Israel, and he goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go, Pharaoh says, no, and he increases their heavy load. And all of a sudden, they are weighted down with more burden and more work and more exhaustion. To such a degree, the Bible said, they could not even listen to the promise of God because they were so discouraged by their heavy load. Now, I know, let me just be honest, I know life is exhausting. Let's just be honest. And if you're raising little kids, it's probably like really exhausting. And there are challenges and difficulties in life. But let me give you some good news today. Jesus is the burden bearer. He wants to refresh your soul. He wants to refresh your soul. Now, let me just tell you, He doesn't want to relieve you of labor. He just wants to labor with you. Resting in Jesus doesn't mean I take a three-week sabbatical. Resting in Jesus means that I yoke up with Him every day of my life and that I do what I do in Christ through the power of His Spirit and His yoke as we're going to read on. Let me go ahead and read it to you. This is some good preaching. Come on, Jesus. Verse 30, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Let me tell you what our burden is. Here's our burden. Our burden is to believe that he's a burden bearer. That's our burden. His yoke is easy and the burden is light. Here's the light burden he gives you. The burden is faith. Your burden to bear is you just simply got to believe that if you'll come to him, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, that he will bear the burden, that he will labor with you, that he will walk with you, that he will work with you, that he will refresh, rejuvenate, and even recreate your soul so you can begin to live from a place where you're checked in instead of checked out spiritually, emotionally, and mentally from the world around us. See, I think right now the church needs to be checked in more than ever. I don't I don't think we have time to check out. I don't think we have time to be emotionally exhausted in a world that is desperately spinning to a place called hell. I think we need to be checked. And again, I'm not saying we don't need physical rest. That's part of this. But what we really need, I think, is to experience the rest of God that comes from the burden bearer who wants to bring us out from the heavy load and yoke us up with himself that is easy and light so we can by faith believe that he is the burden bearer. And if I believe he is, then I'll come to him. And Peter says, I can cast all my cares on him because he cares for me. And again, I'm not saying you can't relax. You need to relax. You need rest and refreshment, but you need spiritual rest and refreshment too. Let let me give you just one little thought. As I was praying through this this week, the Holy Spirit reminded me of something. Maybe you've heard of them. Uh, He reminded me of something I'd heard about a long time ago. It's called Team Holt H O L T, Team Holt. It's a father son running team. And you ought to go home and Google it. It's really great. It's a great story. I think the father's name is Dick and the son's name is Rick, or one of the two. It's Rick and Dick. The son was born paralyzed and when he was a young boy maybe in his early teen years a a, a lacrosse player in their town was in an accident and that lacrosse player was paralyzed and so this boy who had been born paralyzed heard about the accident and the community got together and said we're gonna do a five-mile race as a fundraiser to raise money for this boy and this son who had been paralyzed from birth told his dad, he said, Dad, he said, I want us to run in that race to help raise money for that boy that's paralyzed experiencing now what I've experienced my whole life. And so the dad, who was not a runner, decided, hey, I'm going to do this for my son. And he pushed his son in a wheelchair and ran that five-mile race. They came in next to last. Sounds like my races. Come on, somebody. They came in next to last, and that began something. They actually ran over 1,000 thousand, thousand, races. I'll get my words right here in a minute. They completed multiple, multiple marathons. They even did triathlons where he put his son in a wheelchair and ran, put him on a bicycle and rode him and put him in a boat and pulled him. Completed the Boston Marathon I don't know how many times. And here's here's what I love about the whole story. Here's where I'm going. After that first five-mile run, that night, the dad was putting the son in bed. And the son looked at his dad, and he said this. And I love his words. He said, you know what, Dad? He said, when I run, he didn't say when we run. He said, when I run, I don't feel handicapped or disabled. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, Keith, when you run with me, He said, I'll push the load, and you can actually enjoy the journey. I'll push the load, and you can enjoy the journey, and you can be a light in the darkness. Because when you run with Jesus, guess what? You don't have to feel handicapped. You don't have to feel inadequate. You don't have to feel insufficient. You don't have to feel anything other than the joy of being in a race that's making a difference in somebody else's life. And I thought, Lord, what a beautiful picture of what our lives really look like. You ever ever kind of sometimes get get caught up in yourself and you think you're really good in a bag of chips? You know what I'm talking about? And then sometimes the Lord reminds you (laughs) that you and I are really nothing without Him. Every good and every perfect gift comes from Him. And every race you've ever run, it's because you've got a burden bearer pushing your wheelchair (laughs) and getting you across the finish line. And you know what that should do to us? Let me just give you another thought right here. That should not only encourage us, but it should excite us to know that I can run more races. Because my burden bearer don't get tired. See, you've been counting yourself out when God's been trying to check you in. I've run a couple little 5Ks, and I'm not a good runner. Anyway, I'm not. (laughs) Bad confession, but anyway. And one of the things you have to do at a race is you have to check in. <laughs> and they're going to give you your number and maybe give you a free t-shirt cuz that's all you're going to get out of it after you watch everybody else cross the finish line in front of you. So. <laughs> my first race, my goal was to 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 beat this little fifth-grade little girl that was whooping me halfway through the race. <laughs> and after I tripped her, it was easy. <laughs> I did not trip her, I promise you. But I did beat her, praise God. <laughs> but I got thinking about this, and the Holy Spirit said, he said, Keith, do you know how many times you disqualify yourself from the race? You don't even sign up. Because you think you can't. He said, guess what, you're right, you can't, but I can't. And if we'll run together, nothing's impossible. I want to ask you today, how many races have you not even signed up for? How many things have you opted out of because you felt unqualified? Well, I can't lead a small group, or I can't do that, or I can't lead anybody to Christ, or I can't be involved in that ministry, or Lord, I can't really help my kids in that way. And all of a sudden, you're, you're checking out when God's trying to check you in, and you're opting out of all these opportunities because here's the revelation. I want you to hear this. I heard a definition of insecurity I thought was beautiful. The guy made this statement. He said, insecurity is simply misplaced security. He said, you're insecure and you feel inadequate when your security is in yourself. He said, but if you want to walk in the fullness of security, then stop being insecure and put your security in Christ, who is well able to do anything that needs to be done. And so you can stop checking out and you can start checking in and running the races that God gives you. Stop opting out, guys. Stop opting out. Stop disqualifying yourself because you're not like somebody else. Who cares? Jesus is the strength that wins the race. And he is for you. Come on, somebody. He's for you. Look at that next point. God says through Jesus, not only will I bring you out from under the burden Of the enemy, but I will rescue you from bondage to slavery, from bondage, which is literally slavery to sin. This is a supernatural work of grace. We are no longer slaves. We are born again as sons and daughters of God, and we are free. We're free. John chapter 8. I love this scripture. It's really come alive this past year to me. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. And a slave is not a permanent member of the family. But a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son, big S, Jesus sets you free, you are truly free. See, Jesus has rescued us from bondage to sin. Now as a Christian, how many know as a Christian you're still capable of sin? But you're no longer bound to sin. And let me tell you why. You're no longer bound to sin because you have unhindered access to the Father. You have unhindered access to the Father. Jesus said, a slave doesn't abide forever, but a son abides forever. You are no longer a slave to sin. And you're not, uh, you hear me, you're not in bondage to sin because you never sin. You're not in bondage to sin because you've become a son and a daughter of God. And because of adoption into the family of God, you've been born again in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. You now have unhindered access to the Father. Sin can still cripple you, and sin can still destroy your temporal, natural life. But your spiritual connection to God, how many know, has nothing to do with your righteousness and everything to do with His righteousness? You have unhindered access to the Father. And yes, we say sin disconnects us, but it doesn't disconnect us in that we don't have access to God. Sin disconnects us because it uses shame and guilt to keep us from going to God. Think about the times you've pulled back and you've pushed away and you've allowed sin to bring shame and condemnation. And it's not that God still didn't love you, and it's not that God still didn't want to redeem you, and it's not that God still wasn't for you. It's just that you pulled back Instead of pressed in because you were condemned in your own heart, but if you recognize I'm no longer a slave to sin I've been set free from the bondage of sin because I have unhindered access to the father look with me in Ephesians chapter 2 Ephesians chapter 2 I'm gonna look at the verse 18 you go home read verses 1 through 10 I'm going to read verse 18 to you. Uh, the Apostle Paul is speaking. He says, now all of us can come to the Father, speaking all of us there is the Jew and the Gentiles. He's talking about everybody, Jew and Gentile. All of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. You have access to God because of Jesus and no other reason. And let me give you some good news today. You do not have to be a slave to sin. And the only difference between victory and defeat, hear me, is faith that he can set you free. Think about the things that you've already found victory over. Think about them for just a minute. And you know what? When you think about the things that you found victory over, you can trace that victory to one thing. There was a moment where you actually believed God could set you free. And the moment you believed God could set you free, you were free. You were free. The moment you believed it, the moment you pressed through the doubt, pressed past the fear, pressed through the uncertainty, the moment you came to that place of faith in Jesus that He is the bondage breaker, that He breaks the bondage of sin off our life, the moment you embraced it by faith, freedom came. And the fact that you and I are still bound by sin in areas of our life is because when it comes to those areas of our life, You have yet to come to a place of faith. You say, well, I believe God can do it for them, and God can do it for them, but I'm just not sure if God can really do that for me. Faith is the victory, the Bible says, that overcomes the world. And it is our faith in Christ, the finished work of the Son. Faith is the victory. And you don't have to be bound by anything, because you have unhindered access to the Father, and by faith in Jesus, you can receive everything That God has purpose for your life No longer a slave I'm a son and daughters of God Amen What a good thing The third I will that we're going to look at today God says that through Jesus I will redeem you From the hand of the enemy Jesus bought us Not brought us But literally bought us back He literally paid the ransom and set us free with his body and his blood. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Isaiah chapter 53, I want to read the whole chapter to you today. Is that all right? we read the Bible in church? Is that okay with you guys? This thing preaches it better than I could ever say it anyway, Amen. Verse one, listen to what the Bible says. I'm going to preach one verse. I'm going to read the rest. Who has believed our message, question mark. And to whom has the Lord revealed His powerful arm? Question mark. Let me answer those questions. God has revealed His powerful arm to those who believe His message. If you believe the message, you experience the power. If you believe the message that Jesus is the burden bearer, and he is the yoke destroyer, then the power of God to lift your burdens and destroy your bondage comes into your life. If you believe the message, you experience the power of God. And again, you know that to be true. Because every time you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, things change. Amen? That's how you got saved, that's how you got healed, that's how you got delivered, and that's how you live your victorious Christian life. Now listen to the rest of the scripture. My servant, speaking of Jesus, grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. And there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him. And we looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought that his troubles were a punishment from God. A punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sin. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him, Jesus, the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. He was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong. He had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan. I love the King James translation. It says it was the Lord's good pleasure to crush him and to cause him grief yet when his life is made an offering for sin because that's what God did on the cross on the cross Jesus became the offering for our sin he was our substitutional sacrifice he took your place and my place on the cross and God laid on him not only the sins of the world but the wrath and the judgment of God for our sin was poured out upon his son so that the righteousness of God and the grace of our God could be given to those who would believe in him listen to the rest of the scripture yet his life, is yet when his life is made an offering for sin he will have many descendants, that's me and you he will enjoy long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hand and when he, God, sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, Jesus' anguish he will be satisfied, the justice of God is satisfied when the, when the perfect Son of God dies for the imperfect people of humanity. The just for the unjust. He will be satisfied and because of His experience, my righteous servant Jesus will make it possible for many, that's me and you, to be counted righteous for He will bear all their sins. And God says, and I will give him, Jesus, the honor of a victorious soldier. Because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. And he bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. I want to just give you one final thought. We're going to get ready to pray and close together. The Holy Spirit said this to me this week. He said, Keith, he said, if you reject his redemption... If you reject the redemption of Christ, the only thing left is condemnation for sin. If you reject His redemption, the sacrifice that He made, the price that He paid, if you reject His redemption, the only thing left is condemnation. You are condemned in your sin, guilty before God. Let me just be honest with you today, and you be honest with yourself. You may be a good person, but you're not a perfect person. And the Bible says this, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's one remedy for sin, and his, na- his name is Jesus. And today we can by faith accept His redemption and escape condemnation. Or we can reject His redemption and be fully condemned in our sins. I want you to bow your heads today. I want to do two things as we close. I want to first talk to those of you that are here today that you know that you're a Christian. You know that you have received the redemptive work of Christ in your life. And you're watching me online this morning and you know that you know that you're a child of God and what a glorious thing that is today. What an assurance and a confidence it is to know that I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. It's a beautiful thing. But I want to challenge you today as a Christian Are you living under the heavy burden? Are you mentally, physically, and emotionally exhausted to the point that you keep opting out instead of checking in for the things that God has for you? Have you disqualified yourself because you're emotionally and mentally and even physically exhausted? I want to just say to you today, He's the burden bearer. And if by faith you will come to him, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I want to say it again. He does not relinquish you from labor, he just labors with you and he carries the load. See, we don't have Team Holt, we got Team Jesus. And we don't have to feel disabled or handicapped anymore because the strength of our race is in Jesus who runs with us. So I want to just encourage you, don't disqualify yourself. Don't live exhausted. Run to Him. Cast your cares on Him. Give God your family. Give God your job. Give God your worry. Give God your stress. Give God all of those things. He's the burden bearer. And let His rest for your soul refresh and revive you. The second thing I want to say to you that are Christians here this morning, is maybe you recognize there's still an area of bondage in your life. Maybe there's an area where you're still living in bondage to sin. And you're not a slave. You're a son. And again, maybe because of unbelief, maybe because of fear, you've disqualified yourself and you've thought, God can do that for them, but I'm not a free sure He can do that for me. I've made some mistakes and I probably deserve to be where I'm at today. I want to tell you something. Those are lies of the enemy that Satan uses to keep you in bondage. Today, not only is he the burden bearer, he is the bondage breaker. And he wants to break the bondage of sin off your life. You're not a slave, you're a son. God has not abandoned you. He is purposely, willfully, lovingly calling you to come to him. So I want to encourage you. Embrace him today. Say, God, I believe. I believe you can break this yoke of bondage and I do not have to be a slave because I'm a son or a daughter of God the last thing I want to do is maybe you're here this morning and you say you know what Pastor Keith I've never really accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior maybe you're watching online and you realize this morning that you've never truly surrendered your life to Him maybe you've experienced God maybe you've experienced the power of God But you've never truly surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And today is your day. Today you don't want to reject His redemption. You want to receive His redemption. And you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If that's you, I want you to do something very simple. It's just an act of faith. You're here today and you say, today, Pastor Keith, I want to be saved. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. I want you just to raise your hand. Just a simple act of faith all over this sanctuary. Just raise your hand and say, Today I want to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you're watching online right now. Just hit that little hand emoji or type in the comment box, I'm raising my hand. Because today is the day of salvation. If you reject His redemption, all you have left is condemnation. But if you accept His redemption, you can be set free from condemnation of the enemy. And you can walk in the freedom and the grace of God. So I want us to do this today. Let's just bow our heads as your heads are bowed. Let's just pray this prayer together today. Let's just say it out loud. If you've raised your hand here in person or online, this is for you. Let's say it together, all of us together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He offered His life as a sacrifice for me, to redeem me, to rescue me, and to deliver me. I believe. He died and rose again. And I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life. And I receive your gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Pray that prayer online. Please let us know. We want to follow up with you. We love you guys so much. We're so honored to be with you today. Uh, Matt, Hope, thank you guys for letting us be a part of that special day today with y'all. We love you. Have a blessed day in the Lord. If you're new to Liberty Church today, please stop by the table to my front or the back left. Uh, There's a gift back there with a little gift for you. We'd love to just send that home with you today. Uh, Please take one on your way out. And you are dismissed. Have a great day in the Lord.